Patterson, and uh, welcome everybody to our Crown Council program today. Uh, I'll give you a couple of suggestions as we start. This is, uh, you are in obviously in listen-only mode, so you can uh, hear us. Uh, there will be resources that we'll talk about today with some specific instructions on uh, where to get those resources and get your questions answered. So jot those questions down as we talk today, and then we'll show you how to get in touch of uh, how to deal with those. Uh, excited to present this. This is going to be rapid fire today. Uh, hopefully you're in a position where you can take notes. There will be a, some resources available at the end of the presentation that I'll share with you on how to get a summary of what we're going to talk, to, to talk about today. This is presented buffet style. Uh, so uh, keep in mind that as we do this, we're going to go through a lot of ideas quickly. I realize that not everything will apply to everybody, and, and there's not an expectation that you would be able to tackle all of this at once. You should be able to tackle some of it uh, as you take into consideration what we'll talk about today. So please think of your own situation in your practice, how this applies and then what you can specifically get started doing now. You'll be able to come back to this on a regular basis to review it, then pick out what you're going to do next. So what is your most compelling marketing advantage for your practice? Let me share with you the story of two dental practices, two practices that in this particular situation happen to be in the state of Florida, just down the street from each other. I got a call, one of the, these practices was a Crown Council office and had been a Crown Council practice for many years. The other one had not. This particular Crown Council dentist called me one day and he said, well, Steve, congratulations. It sounds like we have a new <clears throat> Crown Council office just down the street. And I said, really? I said, tell me about that. And I said, how did you know that? And he said, well, he said, I highly suspected it because we quit receiving resumes from their office. <laughs> and so I asked for more information, and he said, you know, he said, we uh, for years have gotten a steady stream of resumes <clears throat> from the office down the street because the team was just so disgruntled and unhappy, and so the turnover was very, very high. And he said, we quit getting resumes and started asking around and found out that they had started incorporating and had started working on their most compelling marketing advantage. What is it? What is your most compelling marketing advantage? With the age of the Internet and technology and all the things going on in your practice, the one thing that no one can duplicate is your own unique culture. The experience that you provide your patient <laughs> is uniquely yours. The work environment that you have in your practice is uniquely yours. It is your brand. It's your trademark. It is the thing that sets you apart from everyone else, even the practice down the street. With all of the things that we'll discuss today, we could even take two practices side by side and implement the things that we'll talk about today, and even then, they would have unique and different cultures. There's more than one type of successful culture. <clears throat> the building blocks that we'll talk about today will help you define 
your unique culture and it will help you separate your practice from all the other practices in your market <clears throat> to build that most compelling marketing advantage. What is culture? Culture is the combination of priorities and processes. Remember those two keywords, priorities and processes, and how an organization, or a practice in this case, and the people in it act on them daily. That's the definition of culture from Dr. Clayton Christensen, a professor of business management at the Harvard Business School. Culture is the combination of priorities. What's important to you? What's important to your team? What's important in your practice? And then what are the processes or the systems that you've put in place to execute on those priorities? Priorities are one thing, but how you execute on those priorities every day <clears throat> defines your culture, how you act on them. We're going to talk about some priorities and processes today and how you can use those two things to build your compelling marketing advantage, your trademark, your brand in your market that people will then repeat and refer, leave great online reviews because of the experience they've had in your practice. There are two ways to create this compelling marketing advantage. One, you can do it catfish style. That is, if you're familiar with catfish at all, they're one of my favorite fish to talk about because the catfish is the perfect example of what you don't want to be. A catfish goes through life swimming their bottom feeders and they go along and swim along until they bump into something and then they turn and swim in another direction until they bump into something else. In other words, they just go through life bumping into stuff with no clear direction. Now I equate this to the practice or the organization that develops their culture, their unique, compelling marketing advantage, they do it by default. They do it by accident. <laughs> Every organization has a culture by design or by default. You have a choice. What I'm going to suggest today is that you do it by design. Just as an architect draws the plans for what they want the building to be and look like and how they want it to be constructed, we'll talk about building blocks today that you can use to create your own architectural plan for your own culture and the building blocks required. You may be familiar with some of these resources. Some of them may be new to you, but as we go through them rapidly, I hope you'll choose the things that you can add to your own design <clears throat> to build just that, a culture by design. We'll talk about 15 secrets here in just the next few minutes to building your practice culture, your compelling benefit. 15 resources that you can use that will help you improve, maintain, and build your practice culture. All of these resources will share with you exactly where you can find them and exactly how you can tap into them on a regular, if not even a, a daily basis. Here's the first resource. This is what we call the Culture Cube. If you're not familiar with it, this is a diagram that we developed several years ago that embodies 
the definition of what a culture is. It has two basic characteristics, productivity and fulfillment. Productivity is your ability to accomplish your goals, to set a goal and accomplish it. Fulfillment is more the emotional income that you get from your environment, from your work, from what you do with each other as teams and with your patients every day. Great cultures do both. They're good at accomplishment and fulfillment. So, for example, if you are unfulfilled in your practice and highly productive, you're hitting all your goals, you're highly productive, you're cranking out the dentistry, but you're burned out at the end of the day because you get no emotional income from what you're doing, then that's exactly what will happen in the end. You'll be burned out, dissatisfied, and looking for something else to do. Now, just as practices have cultures, so do people. You can place yourself in this matrix as much as you could the whole practice. If you're unfulfilled and unproductive, that means that you're not, you, you don't have effective goals that you're, you're reaching and you're unfulfilled in terms of the emotional income you get from your work every day, you'll not only be burned out, you'll be broke and depressed. <clears throat> not a good place to be. Now, moving up to the upper left, if you're unproductive and fulfilled, unproductive perhaps maybe the definition here from a financial standpoint, it's not gaining financially, but you're highly fulfilled. Isn't that what we do when we do charity work? We do it for the fulfillment, not for the financial return. And there's certainly a place for that. We'll talk about that today. And then finally, if you're fulfilled and highly productive, that's what we call a rich culture, not just financially, but in every sense of the word. <clears throat> Our goal in building a practice culture is to end up in that upper right-hand corner, fulfilled and productive. So my question to you is, where are you today? If you had to give your culture a grade, and we'll talk about how you can do that today, where would you place your practice in this matrix? Which, which quadrant would you be in, and what can you do <clears throat> to move your practice culture to that upper right quadrant? Here is one of the resources that we've developed uh, in the Crown Council. Uh, this is the handbook for developing a culture of success, and it is, it is entitled just that, The Culture of Success, 10 Natural Laws for Creating the Place Where Everyone Wants to Work. It has 10 very simple, straightforward strategies that you can use to build a culture of success. Many practices in the Crown Council already have a copy of this book. Uh, if, you, if you do have a copy, could I suggest that you go back and review the key takeaways that it contains in each area of how to build a culture. If you do not have a copy of it, <clears throat> you can purchase a copy at theculturofsuccessbook.com, um, which has some of these resources there that is the easiest place to get a copy of it, but it's a, a full, what, what we consider to be a handbook for how to create a successful practice, a culture of success in your practice. One of the ideas in that book that we have talked about for years is the idea of creating what I, we call a culture guide. 
A culture guide is an actual document that you create, you draft as a team that lines out what the behavioral expectations are of every member of the team. The behavior, because it's the behavior that then defines your culture, your priorities, what's important, what behavior, the values that's important and how that comes out on a daily basis, your priorities and your processes. So this is a process by defining your actual culture. What do you want the place where you work to be like? What is the behavior that you expect of each individual? So if you haven't drafted this for your own practice, we highly recommend it. Uh, if, if you'd like a starting point, I'll share with you where you can get a copy of a sample culture guide uh, here in just a moment, and you can take that, edit it, and make it your own. Uh, it is one of the building blocks of a great culture of success to define exactly what the behavior is that you expect from each other. Next are eight resources, activities, priorities that we're going to challenge you and re-challenge you to commit to that define your culture. We uh, titled these years ago the requirements to be what we call a Crown Council qualified member. And if you're a under construction as a Crown Council qualified member, these are eight things that we consider to be basic building blocks to create a culture of success in any practice. I'm going to go through all eight. And I'd like you to give yourself a grade today on how you as a team in each of these eight areas. If you have never embarked in the process of becoming a <clears throat> qualified member office, I'm going to challenge you today to do it. These are simple things that every practice should be doing. Number one. What is your method for patient feedback? In other words, do you have a system in place where you gather regular feedback from your patients? Not just asking for online reviews, but where patients actually have the opportunity to give you honest feedback in a protected form. In, in other words, a way that is non-threatening for them. So that's requirement number one, is simply to have a patient feedback mechanism in place where your patients can give you feedback, you can consider it, you can choose the things that you want to change or adapt, uh, act on that feedback, measure the results, and continue that whole process of getting feedback. It's one of the critical factors of success uh, when creating a culture. Number two, at least twice a year, you sit down with your primary dental laboratory and have a collaborative meeting on how you can together create better quality work. So this is a clinical evaluation where the lab gives you feedback, you give feedback to the lab, and the whole goal is to create better, a better quality outcome for the patient. You do that twice a year. The labs that we have worked with over the years that have been asked to participate in this type of a clinical evaluation are amazed 
at the process that the dentist is willing to accept feedback and take perhaps criticism, but feedback on how to improve the quality of the impressions, how to improve the quality of the, the work that comes back, and vice versa. It's a two-way street. Number three is 360-degree feedback with your team. In other words, most organizations are pretty good about doing evaluations or, or doing performance reviews. Our standard in the, in the Crown Council is yes to do that and to give everybody in the organization the opportunity to give feedback to each other anonymously, including the dentist. So 360-degree feedback from all members of the team that you have the opportunity to give each other feedback. There is a mechanism, there's a tool to do that that I'll share with you in just a moment. Number four, regularly scheduled team meetings. So what is your system that you have in place uh, for regularly scheduled team meetings? We have, over the years, marked and measured a, an interesting correlation between the amount of time that a team spends meeting and the progress and the improvement in the office. Many people say we don't have time to meet, we don't want to lose that on the production. Our best practices in the Crown Council have a three to one return on team meeting time. For every hour that they spend together as a team working to improve the practice, they reap three hours of, of production on the other side. So one of the requirements is to have a schedule of regularly scheduled team meetings, a weekly meeting format, a monthly meeting format, a quarterly meeting format that you follow on a regular basis to work on the practice, not just in it. Next is participate in a Crown Council mastermind group. That is a group that meets on a regular basis. Most meet monthly. Uh, where you exchange ideas, you bring the best of what you have, and be each other's advisory board and share your wisdom. Uh, there is great science and data behind the wisdom of this. If, if your dentist is not in a Crown Council mastermind group, one, it's a requirement to be a, a Crown Council qualified office. <laughs> we do have a resource for that that you can request where we are now creating new Crown Council Mastermind groups on a weekly basis that are professionally facilitated to help out in this process. So a key aspect of building your culture. Next is continue education, that you have a two-year written continuing education plan that shows a balance between clinical, management and people skills training for the entire team. That you're looking out and saying, here's how we're going to balance all of those needs in the practice. <clears throat> and here are the continuing education experiences we're going to engage in. And that's planned two years out. Next is to have a financial plan that looks forward and maps out how uh, financial economic independence will be reached. And this is actually a requirement that's signed off on by either your, your financial planner or your CPA, that you have that plan in place. Then finally is a plan 
for doing good. And so this would be a plan that best practices in the Crown Council are constantly engaged in activities that do good uh, in the community. So what is your plan in that area for doing good? So those are the eight requirements for uh, being a qualified member. If you'd like a list of those requirements and all of the forms that uh, to fill out to become a Crown Council qualified office, just go to crowncouncil.org and look for the look for the downloads tab, and it has all the Crown Council qualified member information there, as well as forms to be submitted. Uh, those need to be submitted by November 30th each year. Uh, to be recognized as a qualified practice. Uh, each Crown Council qualified practice uh, proudly displays uh, this uh, or similar to it uh, recognition in their office. Uh, we've established a five-year running system that uh, if you qualify five years in a row, you become what we call a lifetime qualified member of the Crown Council, just a a sign of excellence for your patients that you're doing some basic fundamental things to have a great quality practice. Next resource is a new one that we're announcing today. We're very excited about this. Uh, it is called Crown Council Culture Works. That's a little bit of a play on word. Culture does work, and the Culture Works program is a monthly program that will be released, we'll release a new one each month, where you will have an opportunity to engage as a team in a specific culture building activity. So the Culture Works program will come prepackaged with, in many cases, a, a video explanation, specific exercises to do that will help you and your team build your culture. So uh, stay tuned for that. Your first Culture Works uh, resource will be coming very soon, and uh, you will know when it has arrived. So our, our challenge and our suggestion to you would be to schedule some time in a monthly meeting where you can work on your Culture Works exercise. All prepackaged. All you have to do is follow instructions, and if you do, you will walk through on a regular basis some specific activities that we have, have found and, and proven to help build the culture in your practice. Next resource that many of you are familiar with is one of the most popular resources we have in the Crown Council called the Skill of the Week. Uh, it's released weekly. It is a four to five minute video that you can play in a morning meeting or your weekly team meeting that highlights a specific case acceptance skill or verbal skill that you can incorporate as a team. It has some action items attached to it and has become one of the most popular things that Crown Council teams use all over the world. Uh, next resource is powerful team meetings. These are prepackaged team meetings uh, and there are over 50 of them that you can tap into at crowncouncil.org uh, that highlight a specific, primarily a specific attitude that you can develop as a team. So it includes a short video clip and then some exercises 
that you can do as a team. So those can be found at crowncouncil.org under the training tab. The best teams in the Crown Council utilize these on a regular basis uh, in their monthly team meetings to keep the culture in a positive place and building on a regular basis. In addition, uh, the next resource is what we call the practice of the month. Each, uh, on a regular basis, we highlight a Crown Council practice that you can visit virtually and learn from what they do, learn from their culture, learn how they treat their patients and the unique things that makes their practice stand out from the rest. So we uh, release those on a regular basis. This is one of the most recent. And again, you can access that at crowncouncil.org under the training tab. Uh, next is, a, is a, a great resource uh, for all the leaders in the practice. And that is everyone. Everyone on the team has a leadership position. This is what we call the LEAD series. These are lessons from great leaders. And in this particular case, from great coaches that we have interviewed and worked with over the years with a specific leadership skill that you can develop under their mentorship. You can access that at crowncouncil.org, again, under the training tab, the entire series. Uh, on leadership that builds your culture. <clears throat> Next is the Crown Council Culture Builder Program. So this is an actual piece of software that helps you measure and manage your practice culture. There are two aspects to Culture Builder. One is what we call the organizational assessment. So the organizational assessment gives every team member the opportunity to take an anonymous survey and rate the practice in specific areas. Then what you're provided with in return is a report that shows you exactly how the practice scored in each of these areas of critical practice culture success. In this example, these are the top scoring questions for this particular practice. When they, took, uh, when they took the organizational assessment and, and how, how it was graded. Then these are their bottom scoring questions, the areas where the team did not score the practice as positively. <clears throat> so what it gives you as a practice is some clearly defined metrics by which you can put in place uh, some activities and some action areas for improvement in areas that will build your culture. So that is, that is available. The Coal Culture Builder Program is an add-on to your Crown Council membership. We highly recommend it and that you do it on a regular basis, at least every six months to get the diagnostics or the, the measure on how you're doing as a practice culture. The second aspect of Culture Builder is the 360-degree feedback. What this does is, in a computerized format, gives everyone in the practice the opportunity to fulfill that Crown Council requirement to do 360-degree feedback for your team. Now, I just pulled a page from my report, uh, a, a good page, uh, so this is... Uh, so everybody on the team has the opportunity uh, to evaluate each 
and uh, then it gives you a report back of how you graded yourself, so you get to take this on yourself, as well as uh, the people that you work with. So in this particular case, uh, I scored myself very high, and uh, all my team members scored me high as well, which was a nice comfort. So, uh, but it gives you specific feedback on how you're doing in specific areas of cultural expectation. And best teams that we have today are doing the 360 degree evaluation uh, every six months as well. So best practice here is uh, the organizational assessment every six months and the 360 every six months. And then you just alternate those every quarter. So first quarter you do the organizational assessment, second quarter you do the 360, third quarter back to the organizational assessment, fourth quarter back to the 360. So that individually you're getting feedback twice a year anonymously through this tool. <clears throat> and then as a practice, you're getting feedback at least twice a year on how you're working together overall to build the practice culture. So there's more information on that at crowncouncil.org under the Culture Builder tab. If you have not utilized this tool, we highly recommend it. It is one of the most powerful diagnostics to help you understand where your culture is and what you can do to move it forward <clears throat> so that you develop that compelling benefit uh, in your market. Next is a concept that those of you that have been with us in the Crown Council for any period of time are very familiar with the concept that every team needs a campaign on a regular basis. Now that came from our mentor, Larry Wilson, who is one of the most prolific uh, personal trainers, not athletic trainers, but, but uh, organizational development trainers in the country. Larry shared with us years ago that every great organization needs a camping experience about every 90 days. Now, what happens when you go camping? This is a figurative example, not literal. So don't go back and say, Steve said we have to go camping every 90 days. This is an example. When you go camping, you're either too hot or too cold, you don't sleep because the ground's too hard, you have smoke in your eyes and dirt in your food, and you talk about it for months. Every organization needs that kind of a bonding experience <clears throat> on a regular basis. Larry suggests every 90 days. So as a team, what is your camping experience, your regular bonding experience schedule? What are you doing on a regular basis to get out of the office and work together in a different way that helps you build the culture and the interaction that you have with your team? <clears throat> One of those that we have pre-built for you is, of course, the Crown Council annual event the most popular camping experience in the Crown Council. Uh, so uh, we assume that everybody in the Crown Council plans to attend this uh, on a yearly basis. It is held at the beginning of uh, usually January, February, uh, the beginning of the year to kick off the year at uh, destinations all over the country. So this coming uh, year we will be in Nashville, Tennessee as I mentioned earlier. So teams in the Crown Council plan a year in advance 
uh, to attend the annual event, and it is an event. It is designed to build your practice culture and every individual in it, and is a great quote-unquote camping experience. Uh, you can find more information on that, by the way, <clears throat> at ccannualevents.com, or you can also access it at crowncouncil.org. Next resource is around what you do in this area. In the Crown Council, we established several years ago that we do not believe in giving back. There's this the, the term that's crept into our vernacular over the years that, that organizations should give back to the community. And when you think about that, that implies, if you're giving something back, that implies that you took something, maybe even took something that didn't belong to you. And that certainly is not the case. Now, there's nothing wrong with being successful in a practice or being successful in a business. In the Crown Council, we believe in doing good. And doing good comes in many ways, shapes, and forms. Many of it has, much of it has to do with your charitable efforts. A lot of it has to do with the fact <clears throat> that you're doing good in your community every day by being in business, providing the service that you provide to your community, helping people improve their health, their smiles, their appearance, providing jobs. That does good as well. In the Crown Council, we've made efforts to provide resources to help you do even more good than you might be able to do on your own. Part of that is in the way, by the way, of the Smiles for Life Foundation and the Smiles for Life campaign each year that we do in Crown Council practice country, where you dedicate 90 days to whitening teeth in your community where patients can come in, get their teeth whitened, and make a charitable contribution to the Smiles for Life Foundation that in turn goes to benefit children all over the world, many of them right there in your own community. So many of you that are listening have actively participated in the, uh, in the Smiles for Life campaign for years if you have not. Could I highly recommend that this is one of the key building blocks to a great culture. Research done by Roper Starch Worldwide, a consumer research organization, has found that 67% of consumers look favorably upon an organization that is engaged in some type of cause-related efforts, so much so that it influences their buying decision. So this is one way that you can use to build your practice culture and make a mark in your community as a practice that's doing good. Uh, next is a resource uh, that we <clears throat> recommend that every Crown Council practice use for onboarding new team members. This resource is found at crowncouncil.tv. It includes 12 short videos that embody much of the Crown Council culture. There are B skills, there are six what we call B skills, in other words, the way 
that a team member in a Crown Council office can, can be the kind of person that they are. And then there are six do skills, in other words, some, some simple skills that you would expect that every team member be able to do on a daily basis. So that is available to every Crown Council office. Uh, you can, uh, there are additional printed resources that you can request at success at crowncouncil.com. And we highly recommend that you use that resource for every new team member that comes on board so they know part of what the cultural expectations are in your office. So we have gone through 15 resources this afternoon today that you can use to build your practice culture. Uh, if you've taken notes on which ones you'd like to get more involved in, that's great. Uh, this webinar is being recorded today and will be posted on the Crown Council website at crowncouncil.org. And along with that will be a checklist of all the resources that we've talked about today. So that will be up. We'll notify everyone by email. If you attended this webinar or on the Crown Council email network, uh, you'll be able to re-listen to this webinar as well as download the checklist of all the resources that are available today to build your practice culture. Questions about anything that we have discussed today, you can either email success at crowncouncil.com with that question or simply give us a call at 800-CROWN-58. That's 800-276-9658. So we hope that, that that has stimulated your your thinking today of all of the different resources that are available. Some of those you may be aware of, some you may not be aware of, and you can start engaging in those today. We hope that they're resources that will help you build that compelling marketing advantage for your practice, to separate your practice from everyone else in the community through your practice culture. Thanks for joining us today for our session. Good luck to you as you build a culture of success in your Crown Council practice. This is Steve Anderson. Looking forward to being with you for our next Crown Council webinar. Have a great day.